Hi, I'm Richard Morris from Canberra, Australia. In 2014, I was very sick with complications from type 2 diabetes. After taking the dietary advice of the Australian Diabetes Association, I became even more diabetic. (laughs) I did some research which led me to the ketogenic diet. Spoiler alert, I reversed my type 2 diabetes by drastically reducing my carbohydrate intake and increasing my consumption of healthy fats. Mm-hmm. In 2016, I was determined to help my buddy Carl by showing him what I did and the science behind it. Hey, that's me. I'm Carl Franklin from the United States. I also used to be a type 2 diabetic, but not quite as severely as Richard. Yeah. Hey, I devoured all this information Richard sent me, and after a mutual friend went keto to address prostate cancer, I also went on the ketogenic diet. That was in February of 2016. By April, I was in full swing, reversing my diabetes. Hey, Carl, do you know when I started keto? Didn't you just say it was 2014? Yeah, but the date. It was April the 20th, 2014. Oh, okay. So, (laughs) two things. The first is that you started keto on 420. (laughs) Yeah. Elon (laughs) Musk and Douglas Adams were right. That number 42 just keeps on cropping up when you least expect it. Yep, 420. Smoke them if you got them. (laughs) Hey, and weed is legal both in your jurisdiction and in Connecticut. (laughs) Yep. And it's almost 420, 2022. So, what is that, eight years? Yeah, there was an interesting study done in Sweden looking at isotopes from atmospheric nuclear tests in fats pulled out of people in liposuction operations. And they discovered that human fat lives roughly 10 years. So you know what that means? Uh, Does it involve a groundhog seeing its shadow? I don't know. What does it mean? (laughs) It means that in just two years, I won't have any fat cells that remember being in a type 2 diabetic body. I'll drink to that. And I'm just two years behind you. Mm. You know, we're not doctors and we don't give medical advice. We're just a couple of dudes on the internet who reverse their diabetes by following a ketogenic diet. Right. We just always wanted to just share our experiences Mm -hmm. and also what we know about the science behind the ketogenic diet. Yeah. So we started this podcast to chronicle Carl's journey and to provide solid information to those curious about this dietary lifestyle. Right. And now we have over 200 podcast episodes, some of which have been downloaded hundreds of thousands of times. Yep. And, uh, you know, after failing miserably on Facebook... (laughs) Boy, did we. (laughs) We moved our online community to the ketogenic forums, where tens of thousands of people share their experiences every day. We also founded an annual ketogenic festival called KetoFest. Carl and I are both software developers, and as such, we found ourselves at software conferences several times a year. Mm. And we tend to gravitate towards the conversations that happen in the hallways at conferences. Sure, the talks are great, but it's the community that we enjoy the most. Right. So KetoFest is a conference to discuss the latest research of ketogenic diets, but it's also a festival celebrating the ketogenic lifestyle. So Carl, what is a ketogenic diet? Well, yeah, it's a diet where instead of burning sugar and starch for energy, our cells burn fat. That produces molecules called ketones that our bodies use for fuel. Right, and that's why it's called a ketogenic diet. Our primary fuels are glucose, which we make from carbohydrates, and fatty acids, which we make from fat. Our cells have two modes. In one, they burn glucose and make fat, and in the other, they burn fatty acids and make ketones. Right. You don't have to eat a high-fat diet to be ketogenic, right? Well, when you're starting out, you may have to, but then in a few weeks, as you become better adapted to burning fat for energy, when all of your calories come from fatty acids, the amount you need to eat becomes coupled to satiety, which integrates not only the variable amount of energy that your body needs to run every day, but also the amount of fat that can be drawn down from storage. So how much do we have to restrict carbs in order to get into that state? 
Well, that depends. Some of us who are quite metabolically disordered need to get below 20 grams a day. Somebody who's quite metabolically flexible can probably eat as much as 100 grams a day. How about protein and other stuff like minerals, essential cofactors, vitamins, essential fats? Well, you need from 1 to 1.5 grams of protein for every kilo of lean mass. For me, that's around 90 to 135 grams a day. Above that, you just waste excess by turning it into energy instead of using fatty acids. As for other essential nutrients, if you're eating fatty meats or eggs plus leafy green vegetables, you'll get most of those because the organisms that made those foods have already concentrated those essential cofactors. Yep. Ketogenic diets are varied and delicious. They can be vegetarian or carnivore, home-cooked or takeout. Hot cuisine. Hot cuisine. (laughs) (laughs) Or just bacon and eggs. (laughs) Yep, as long as the carbohydrates are low enough. Well, yeah, if you're an absolute beginner, check out our Starting Keto podcast for more information at start.2keto.com. We got your back, gonna put it down the middle, gonna turn off the telephone. Um, Carl, I thought we were taking a break because, like, I'm in grad school and you're writing software. Yeah, we are, but... I'm starting to feel like a jonesing to do another Keto Fest this year. Ah. After the past two years, we're all in need of something to raise the mood in the keto community, don't yeah. you think? What do you, yeah. what do you think about visiting New London on the weekend of July 16th this year? Uh, well, that's right in the middle of my mid-year break, so that's perfect timing. Also, we're all vaccinated, and it, you know it's out of the regular respiratory virus season, so the risk should be a lot lower. So, yeah, I think it's time to start taking back our lives. Does this mean we have a keto fest? Are you in? I'm in. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I'm in. Well, we're going to start organizing speakers. Mm. Uh, I've reached out to a few who have said, hell yeah, a keto fest we're in. But nice. I'm not going to announce all the speakers just yet as I need to sell some tickets if we're going to be able to afford all of them to come. Mm-hmm. Let's just set up some stretch goals. How many tickets do we need to get, say, Dr. Eric Westman to come? Well, for Dr. Westman, all we need is a piano. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's set it at 50, right? Yeah, I reckon 50 people. Mm-hmm. If we can get 50 people to sign up, then then he'll come. Yeah, and and then we'll announce who the next stretch speaker is, and hopefully we can sell a few tickets and, and be able to afford to get a whole bunch of people to come along. So that's awesome. Yeah. I'm sure you have more lined up, but let's not let the cat out of the bag yet. So uh, tell me about the event. What is KetoFest all about? Well, as we said in the intro... Conferences are for professionals, and festivals are for people. Yeah. A Keto Fest is an event that combines the two. Nice. Yeah, we'll have technical presentations from some of the best-known speakers on the subject of ketogenic diets, Mm -hmm. but also cooking demos from keto cooks showing how to make keto food. Plus, we'll have food. Nice. (laughs) Lots of it. (laughs) (laughs) So much delicious keto food, you'll wish that you carb-loaded beforehand so you you had an appetite (laughs) to taste it all. Yeah, that is the keto curse, isn't it? The food is so good, but mm-hmm. you don't have much appetite to eat a lot. Right. My tip for Keto Fest is to come hungry, mm-hmm. really hungry. I, mm-hmm. Me personally, I'll be hungrier than a woodpecker with a headache. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me explain that. Well, we'll, ha- we'll have the smokers going at RD86. Nice. And the demos done in the RD86 kitchen mm-hmm. and all the other food options from Keto Fest. Actually, that's the first new thing. In previous Keto Fest, the event was all over town. This year, we'll all be at RD86, which is a great venue for a party like this. Yeah, that's kind of like how we did Keto Fest Down Under. 
everything we did was all at the National Press Club. Right. So we've got four zones at RD86. Mm-hmm. We've got a large space upstairs that's new. Nice. And that's where presentations are going to be. It's like a Brooklyn-style loft area. Cool. Although we're limited to how many tickets we can sell for that. More on that later. But also, there's going to be two racing rigs set up. So Robert, the owner of RD86, got into online racing. And he bought the whole rig with the seats, the wraparound video screens, nice. the uh, the steering wheels. Those will be open, so you can just go in there and do a race. Nice, but you got to get that ticket first, right? So there's a limited number yeah. of tickets for that, so first come, first served? Yep, that's right. And we'll only have 50 spots available for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are audience tickets. So yeah. the presentations will be live upstairs, but will be broadcast everywhere. Right. So it's just like a special perk that you get if you're one of those first 50. Yeah. So what what other event spaces do you have? So we have RD86's Experimental Kitchen on the ground floor, mm-hmm. where everybody who came to Keto Fest in previous years knows all about that. Yep. It's a big space where there's a lot of standing room and you can stand around and watch it. It'll all be streamed, and so there will be screens if you're not up close. That's for cooking demos. And then we have the tent on the road outside and a stage for the band and speaker Q&As. Nice. We're going to close off the street outside RD86. So it's going to be like a street fest. Yeah, Mm. it's a street party. Mm. We'll put monitors up for presentations and cooking demos and stuff. So we're going to be offering streaming to all attendees? Yes, everything that's being streamed will be shown on screens everywhere. And you can also watch on your phone or mobile device. You know, if it's too hot you could, and your car is handy, you could go to your car, turn on the air conditioning, and watch <laughs> on your phone. Nice. Finally, we'll have the uh, RD86 patio or the courtyard mm-hmm. for food service. Nice. The other thing is in the past, on Science Sunday, a lot of people had to leave early ah, to catch their yeah. connections to get home for work on Monday. So we're going to do both the social and science all on the Saturday. Cool. So it's a one-day event with the usual, you know, VIP party on Friday evening. Nice. So if you're staying through to Sunday, there'll still be lots of places to see in New London. And it's a particularly nice time of the year for sightseeing. And it's the weekend after Sailfest. So there are a lot of things to see and do. Okay. So how much does it cost for a Keto Fest ticket? And where do we sign up? Yeah, you can find more information at ketofest.com. But the skinny is that we have three kinds of tickets. Mm-hmm. First, there's the studio audience ticket. Mm-hmm. And that gets you into everything including the pre-festival party on Friday evening where you get to mingle with VIPs. Right. But you also get to be in the presentation room live. Nice. That ticket costs $350 per attendee. We have a hard limit of 50 that we can sell because of space. Hmm. And once they're gone, they're all gone. Next is the street festival ticket. So that gets you into cooking demos and RD86, all the food on the patio, and the street festival. Basically everything except the upstairs presentation. Yes. So the only thing you don't get with that ticket is to be in the room during science presentations because of space restrictions and the pre-festival party on Friday evening. Right. So if you buy that ticket, the festival starts for you on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But you can watch all the presentations on remote monitors, and we'll have the speakers come down to the street level to do their post-session Q&A. So you won't miss much. And those tickets cost $200 per attendee. Nice. And then finally, we have streaming, which is available to everyone who has the studio audience or street festival tickets, so you can rewatch the presentations and cooking demos later. But if you can't make it to New London, you can buy the streaming ticket for $50 and join in remotely. One thing about Keto Fest, 
this year, if you want to come, you're going to have to be vaccinated against COVID. Mm. I know that's going to trigger a lot of people. Maybe ticket sales will be down. We don't care. Nope. We're not doing this to make a profit or sell a product. We don't even have a podcast to promote. Right. And we're certainly not trying to raise funds to make a movie or anything like that. Yep. We're doing this event because we've all been through hell this past two years and people deserve a break and to reconnect with the community again. The best way to do that is to hold a festival where we can make sure that the chances of catching COVID are mitigated and our attendees can have a good time and not have to worry about it. Mm. The only way to do that is to have most of the events outside, limit the number of people we have in closed spaces and require everyone to be up to date with their vaccines. If people want to wear masks, they can, but that won't be required. Mm. You'll know that you have a community around you that has taken personal responsibility to reduce the risk as much as it can. Look, I'm going to default to assuming that grown-ass adults can manage their own risks. Yeah. And if they aren't vaccinated in the middle of a 100-year pandemic, then they clearly aren't good at doing that, and I'd rather they not come. Agreed. I don't think ticket sales will be down. We had a lot of people respond to that last podcast, airing grievances about the malarkey in the keto world around vaccines mm. with attaboys. Finally, someone in the keto community is standing up to the bullshit. Which brings me to our regular segment we call... Malarkey! <laughs> Holy crap. That was loud. <sighs> I'm so old, I remember when it was called bullshit. Right, well, we're calling it malarkey <laughs> now. I have a quick one for you today. Okay, so what kind of malarkey do you have in your inbox, Richard? This malarkey comes courtesy of a tweet from a well-known person in the keto community, someone we've had on the show and whose opinion we respected. I'm not going to mention who it is because I'm not in ad hominem attacks. I don't mind attacking bad ideas but not attacking people with bad ideas. Mm. Anyway, this tweet comes from a cardiologist who tweeted a link to an article about Maria Sofia Paparo a 27-year-old competitive swimmer from Italy who died recently of a sudden heart attack. And he commented, 27-year-old fit swimmers don't die of heart attacks. Huh. Now, first I should mention this is from a cardiologist who should know better that sudden cardiac death occurs in all age groups. But this tweet was clearly leading the audience to infer that this fatal event was caused by the mRNA vaccine without having the guts to outright state it. It seems pretty black and white, doesn't it? Pretty much. What he should know is that not only is sudden cardiac death rare, but not zero in young people, but in that demographic, being athletic doubles your risk. Whoa. So I went looking for the science, and I found this Italian study from Domenico Corrado et al. in 2003, and the title is Does Sport Activity Enhance the Risk of Sudden Death in Adolescents and Young Adults? This study looked at all adolescents and young adults, so ages 12 to 35, in the region of Veneto, which has a population of roughly 4.4 million people, of which 1.4 million are adolescents or young adults. And of course, this was 18 years before the mRNA vaccines against COVID were available. Huh. The study looked at all residents aged 12 to 35 from 1979 to 1999, hmm and found 300 instances of sudden cardiac death, with an instance in the general population of 1 per 100,000 person years. Now here's the thing. Among the athletic subgroup, the rate is 2.3 per 100,000 person years. So that's a 2.3 times increase in sudden cardiac deaths for young fit athletes with a p-value of less than 0.0001. So the chance of getting that result from a random sample was 1 in 10,000. Jeez. So on its face, that statement was embarrassingly incorrect 
for both young people and young athletic people, but also for young athletic Italian people with a sample size of the entire damn population of Veneto. Mm. You know, I'd like to go back to 2019 where when there wasn't all this malarkey in the keto community because it's dragging down relevant evidence-based commentary that supports ketogenic diets to treat type 2 diabetes. Yes, it does. But I'm afraid this malarkey is damaging bullshit that we need to call out when we see it or there won't be a keto community worth being a member of for long. And that's no malarkey. Hey, that's about all we have to say today. Come to Keto Fest and watch out for malarkey. And thanks for listening. (laughs) Yeah, we hope you get as much out of this information as we do in putting it together. Hey, and we'll see you in July in New London. Yeah, keep calm keto on, Carl. Keep calm keto on, Richard. We'll see you next time, we hope, on Two Keto Dudes. Malaki!